Hi, this is John Beatty, and you're listening to Crusader Chronicles. Read them all. Good job, John. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you, Jerry. You're listening to Crusader Chronicles episode 44, featuring Amazing Spider-Man number 188 and X-Men number 117 from October 1978. Welcome to the 44th episode of Crusader Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Pat, a.k.a. DJ Christatos. Crusader Chronicles is a podcast that will journal the comic book issues read chronologically by their release date from my comic book collection, either in digital, in a trade, or from the many long boxes stashed away in my basement. Each episode will provide short recaps, reviews, and ratings of the issues for that release date. The goal is to keep me actively reading through my collection and to have some fun along the way talking about them with my friends. Speaking about my friends, 44 episodes. Man, can you believe it? Speaking about believing it, believe it or not, with me is Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist, a.k.a. Death Hello, hello, my friend. I can't stay long. I gotta hop on this. I got a midnight cruise going around Manhattan. So oh, it sounds nice. Get Sweet. this done. Gotta get going. Look at these split. Sounds fun. Doot, doot. I wish I could go with you. You can't. But you didn't invite me. No. Sounds like I didn't. All right. Whatever. Toot toot. <laughs> Let's see who else is going on this boat ride. I don't know if Delvin is because, you know, he is. He doesn't know modes of transportation. So well, let's find out. Delvin, are you going on the cruise or are you off the cruise? Well, little... I, I'm not on a cruise because what, what's a cruise exactly? Did you? What is a cruise? Is that a I'm on a boat. <laughs> a boat. A I'm boat. not familiar with the uh, just tell me later. Tell me later. Yeah, well, well, like my, my bit, though, for this podcast here is, like, I, I can't really do the podcast, I'm afraid. I'm sorry. I can't do it. Now I got to do another bit. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I love it when bits get stolen. <laughs> yes! I usually go last. This time yeah. I didn't. Ha-cha-cha-cha! Oh, that was Delvin the Dark Web Williams. Got to say Dark Web's in there. Get that in there so we get that song played in. Well, let's see what bit Jason has for us on the spot bit. Welcome, Jason, the Weasel Skull Albrecht. Thanks, Pat. If you the fellows can give me a hand here, man, I bought this chirogenically encased human body of uh, the son of J. Jonah Jameson. I thought it would make a good wall hanging or something, but I just can't quite find a place to put it. So if you could just kind of help me wheel it into this corner, it's, it's heavy. It was really an impulse buy. I don't know why I bought it. <laughs> I think that'll look good during Crusademus. It would. We could yeah, decorate it we up. Decorate around it. Yeah. We planned on that being Clinton, right? Like we, mm-hmm. we weren't going to feed. Up. Well, we're trying it out first. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I didn't want to just put Clinton in cold turkey. You know, like I want to try see how it worked on somebody else. Good thinking. Good thinking. Yeah, yeah. But you, you know, I mean, yeah. Think of the money we're going to save on food. Mm-hmm. Food alone, man. Yeah. He, he's like a horse down there, sir. So, I mean, you know. That doesn't need That's true. Well, good thinking there, Jason. I'm proud of that idea that you got there. Sounds like it's a I am the brains behind this operation. Mm-hmm. Yes. That is true. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it goes out. We'll see how it works out. Let's go ahead and move on and 
I'm going to ask Jared. I see something behind him that uh, he's he's got some hardcover books there. Where, where did you get those hardcovers uh, Please from? don't look directly at my books, Pat. Oh. <laughs> They're not for you. They're for fancy people. Pull your books up. Uh, <laughs> um, you know what? I got those from our friends at OmahaBound.com. They do a great job hardbinding anything that you would like to have hardbound. You know, I, I go for the obscure comic series that, you know, never got the love and attention from the publisher. You know, mm-hmm. I've got some hardbound Nom. I got some hardbound Indiana Jones. I got my entire run of Gru. Tons of stuff hardbound. And I always go to OmahaBound.com for that because they do such a great job. They're very creative. They do one of a kind covers. You can't go wrong. So uh, stop by OmahaBound.com today. Thank you. Jared, That's what I that. do. That's yeah. what I do. You know why? Because I'm so, so fancy. fancy. Had to get that out too. See, we're just getting the bits in and out, in and out. <laughs> we're hitting our stride. Right, yeah. 44 episodes. We finally got it right. Maybe. Now, before we get started with this episode's issue, let's go ahead and take a quick podcast promo break, and we will be right back. In a world filled with movie-themed podcasts, thousands speak their minds, shouting their opinions into the void. Into this terrifying world of sound and noise, a new podcast about movies dares to raise its head. Appearing on the Longbox Crusade Network, in association with Jeff and Rick Present, it is the era of monthly Monday movie muckabout. Listen as people are challenged to see films that they have missed or failed to see. Hear their new appreciation for films from years past. Experience the discussions of film fans. Is the world ready for monthly Monday movie muckabout? Yes. Yes, it is. And cut. Perfect, Jeff. Great. So when are we going to start this show? Um, just me. This is my new show. I thought we talked about this. Uh, then why am I doing your promo? Because in reality, I'm an egotistical puppet master that uses people for his own profit and fame. Huh. Eh, fair enough. Da-da-da-da, monthly Monday movie muck about, watch a movie with me. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the first featured comic for this episode. And it is Amazing Spider-Man number 188. The credits for this issue are provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comics. The publisher for this issue is Marvel. Got a cover date of January 1979, but its on-sale date was October 10th, 1978. Cover price is still only 35 cents. Editor and writer Marv Wolfman. Couldn't come off mute fast enough. Ow! Ow! All right. Ow! There we go. Penciler was Keith Pollard. Anchor Mike. Espadito. <laughs> Letterer is James Novak, and colorist is Bob Sharon. You can read along with us in reprints in Essential Spider-Man Volume 9, trade paperback, and also on the Marvel Unlimited app. Cover credits, pencils are done by Dave Cockrum, and inker is Terry Austin. Speaking about that cover, let's go ahead and get a cover description from Jared. The Marvel Comics banner loops across the top, yellow with black letters. Spider-Man stands in his blue corner socket. The Amazing Spider-Man logo is white with blue highlights, fitting snugly with the webs. The main action shows a panicked Jigsaw spraying 100-piece brass knobs into the darkness as Jigsaw himself is illuminated by only the Spider-Man signal. Spider-Man, only his red highlights visible in the darkness, is leaping right at the terrified foe from the dark hole of discover. 
Loops, sockets, knobs, and holes are all apparently jigsaw puzzle terms that I had to look up. Hmm. Well done. I had no idea where you were going with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I knew either. nobody would know where I was going with that, but I was like, when I went to write it, I googled jigsaw puzzle terms, and it was, yeah, loops, knobs, Oops. sockets, holes. Holy I was yeah. like, those are some search yeah. words I've used on other websites. That, you know what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> so after a few hours later, you finally. <laughs> <laughs> I was exhausted. With that. <laughs> oh, oh, goodness. Well, you know what? Let's just go ahead and assign some sound effects to this cover. Jason, you're on the machine gun. Uh-huh. Pat, you are what Jigsaw might be saying. And Delvin, you're on what Spider-Man might be saying. In three, two, one, go. Oh, this is an easy one right here. Man, I, I'm about to knock this whole into infinity. Jigsaw, what are you saying over there? I know that's Spider Man. I was kind of scared, and uh... <laughs> <laughs> my confidence is shook, man. <laughs> awesome. All right, thanks, guys. All right, Jared. Thank you for that puzzling description. You got, you got a good word this time. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> It actually fit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I make it, I make the pieces come together. Anyway, let's go ahead and give you some quick cover thoughts on this. And we'll start with Delvin. I do like that Cochran chose to, instead of highlighting like the red, that he's coming from the shadows. And so that was a pretty cool effect. And that, to me, is the coolest thing on the cover. Not much you can do with Jigsaw, I don't think, unless you were fighting Punisher or something. So it did give Spidey a dynamic action pose, and I thought that was pretty cool. I'll pass it to Jason. Yeah, this one is definitely distinct. It's one that I'll remember. I do like the effect, like you were saying, Delvin. Jigsaw is kind of eh. I like the spider signal. That's really cool. I think that Spider-Man just looks a little blocky. To me, I don't know. It just, there's something about the proportions that just don't seem quite right. Anyway, I'll pass it to Jared. Hmm. I do like the fact that it's very symbolic of the story. The story has a lot to do with Jigsaw and his fear of Spider Man after getting whooped by him. Gosh, we did it on one of our episodes, you know, a yeah. handful uh-huh. of episodes ago. Mm hmm. So it really conveyed that. and But what it felt just a little out of character. For me, it felt more like a Batman cover with the fear and coming from the darkness, you know. And they do that with Spidey every once in a while. It just felt weird to see it in this era. To me, this era is the sort of the fun and poppy Spider-Man. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, this is a Batman cover. But it's Cockrum. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've got that rock hard Cockrum appreciation. Mm-hmm. Solid. It's always good to have that, you know, particularly the older you get, you know. But, you know, if it sticks around for quite a little while, (laughs) you're going to get that. (laughs) Like, if you're really appreciating it for four or more hours, hours, you must see a doctor. That's right. Drink plenty of water. (laughs) (laughs) You know, don't lift any heavy equipment. (laughs) I think that leaves you, Pat. (laughs) You know, looking at it, too, I can kind of see what Jason is talking about, about I don't know if there's a blockiness, but what's odd is you really have to kind of stare at it to get that outlining that you don't see because of the black, and you just have the the red of the Spider-Man uh, uniform on, his the costume on. So I think that kind of throws me off a little bit, but where I'm expecting a line to be, but it's not because it's all black. But I really like it. I think it's, you know, this would be something I would really like to see 
Like if it was like neon or something like that, that red just really popping off of that black like that. It needs to be like one of those black light posters. Yeah. You get, like Spencer's. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would be cool then. Yeah. A quick show break uh, for the kids. Spencer's was a gift store found in your local mall that was very popular <laughs> in the late 90s. Well, mid to late 90s. They, they still, still exist. Yeah, still exist. So they're f- for hire, would you say? Nah. <laughs> Hmm, Quick show break. Spencer for Hire was a television <laughs> show that came out in the 80s. These are just going to keep going back. Uh, going to be a Spencer Tracy it. reference coming up pretty soon. There's actually a Spencer uh, movie on Netflix with Mark Wahlberg. Really? Show break. Uh-huh. Jared thinks his jokes are really making it with the Spencer. <laughs> he really does. He's so we should the Spencer with these jokes? Oh, God. <laughs> He's pulling the he's pulling the letterman. You, you keep telling the joke until it's funny. Like you may that may not be funny at first. You go back to it. Someone's gonna laugh at yeah. it. But other than that, I do think this is a nicely done cover. I like the spider flashlight or symbol that he uses as well too. So jigsaw, eh, you know, maybe I'm used to jigsaw more in the the eighties looking the way he does. I just him rocking this kind of a track suity kind of a thing. You know, don't get me wrong. I love me some tracksuit, but just not the one I would be wearing. That purple and orange just doesn't do it. Yeah. No, not with that crazy face he has. Anyway, let's go ahead and get to some cover ratings. And just as a reminder for those of you that haven't been listening for 44 or 43 episodes, we have a 1 through 5 rating system here on Crusader Chronicles. 5, it tickled your tummy feathers. 4, you really liked it. 3, you just liked it. Two, you didn't like it, and one, you hated it. It ruffled your tummy feather. Let's find out what it did for Delvin. I'm right in the middle on this one. I give it a three. I think it's a good cover. Jared. I'm with Delvin. I think it's a three. It's a good cover. Jason. (laughs) I'm with Jared, who's with Delvin. I think it's a three. I liked it. It's a good cover. Pat. (laughs) You know, I hear what you're all saying. (laughs) I can't keep it together. I can't keep it together. I'm with you as well, too. I'm with Jason. Who's with Jarrett? Who's with Delvin? I give it a three. It's a good cover. <laughs> I like it. So true. So, so true. So you know what that means. Yeah. It's a threes company's cover for us. Woohoo! Well, let's go ahead and get a little story synopsis brought to you by delvin while attending a demonstration in radiology high school student peter parker was bitten by a spider which had accidentally been exposed to radioactive rays through a miracle of science peter soon found that he had gained the spider's powers and had in effect become a human spider a spider-man stanley presents the amazing spider-man Spider-Man. 
title of this book is The Jigsaw is Up. Last time I didn't have a theme and Jared got all salty. I mean, I didn't say a peep on Spotty 186 when he didn't have a theme, but that's okay. I know I'm the best man, the better man. What? Am I supposed to just dance when he says dance? On to the synopsis. The book opens with some hired goons swinging into the cryonics lab and abducting the frozen body of one John Jameson. Looks like this was why Electro was hired to short out the electrical grid. Someone hired them both. And yes, I just did the time warp there. Again, Aunt May is in the hospital for the 234th consecutive issue. And this time, Pete is there with Betty Brant. Aunt May is on the foxtrot to the grave, and that's not fun. Pete's bumming, so Betty says she'll whip up something to cheer him up. Lombada? No, sadly. A Midnight Boat Cruise? Yes. There has to be conflict in the book, so enter Jigsaw, jitterbugging in his boots overseeing another superhero again. But his goons want a goon, and they want their leader to man up and leave. Guess what they decide to rob? Wrong. It's the cruise boat. So, some Spidey Universe drama occurs with P and MJ, kind of Betty Brant too. Takes two to tango, am I right? Then Jigsaw attacks, robbing the boat. Pete sneaks away, comes back as Spidey, who easily handles the crew, but Jigsaw takes a hostage. Two, actually, Crazy Harry Osborne and Liz Allen, and escapes by sliding to the left, sliding to the right. Freeze! Jared, already clap your hands! Jigsaw thinks better of holding hostages and lets them go and tries to escape. Spidey smartly creeps out old Jiggy and gets him down to one bullet and basically punks Jigsaw out of doing anything but going back to jail. One more thing, Jonah's understandably upset about his son being kidnapped. Robbie, with a twist, tells him to put his reporters on the case to act as investigators, and I'm sure all of that is coming to a head soon. Cha-cha-cha. Back to you, Pat. <laughs> I got it. I think I got it. <laughs> well, no song. a lot of dance references in there. <laughs> there were a lot of dances there oh, that I put in there, cool. and, and that, that's what I went with there. When I saw the jigsaws up, I'm like, hmm, jig. Jig dance. All right, yeah, let's go with it. Do the jitterbug. Got the Thank you, Delvin, for that popping and locking synopsis. I feel like I'm mashed potato. Though. You can mash potato. I can do the twist. But I can mash potato. Do you like it? But like sometimes, this? you know, when I get mad, sometimes I do the bird. Everybody's heard about the bird. Bird, bird, bird. The bird's the word. I hear that's the word. That's what they tell me. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into the bric-a-brac for this issue. Is it a first read or a reread? We'll start with Jason and go around. It is a first read for me, Delvin. Sorry, y'all. This is a reread for me. Oh. Um, um, oh. Well, I guess it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Jared? That's a first read, I guess. Was that? Was that Jared? The first, first is a first read. Yeah. Ah, yeah. uh, uh, okay. All right. Well, 
I guess, uh, you know, I'm with Jason, who's with Jared. None of us not with first read, yeah. not with me on this who's, one. I'm no. not with you on this one. Yeah. No, so, all right. Well, you're sad, Rainbow. Mm. Reading Rainbow. <laughs> Reading Rainbow. Just when we were getting... <sighs> I sucked again. I got the issue, though. It's right here. Ooh, nice. Look at that. I can smell it. Mmm. Old Chris. All right, well, let's go ahead and get into some highs, lows, or what does. And we will start the other way around with Jared. Yeah, I probably should have put some thought into this. Um, <laughs> I like Spider-Man. Ah, Yes. It's a good start. Good start. Strong. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Thank you. Thank you. Survey says. You came out swinging. Web swinging. You want to play or pass? Uh, I'll play. I'll play. I will not leave you guys in suspenser anymore. (laughs) Brought this. Oh. (laughs) Okay. What do I like about this? Is y'all give it a high? With the further development of Pete's relationship with MJ, you know, that's going to be an ongoing thing as longtime readers of Spidey like myself and <laughs> Delvin and Jason to some extent know that they'll string this out for a little while. So I liked that. I like specifically the point that Mary Jane showed up, right? She cared enough to show up. And uh, so, you know, there's a bit of care there. So I, I liked that bit and uh, I like uh, Betty's crop top, Delvin. <laughs> I was wondering who was going to. Oh, you know, I was going to be all over that. I didn't know if we were going to save that to like a, another. Sultry. Time. Well, I like that there was a little bit of subtle continuation from last episode because, or last issue. Because last issue, if you re- it was a standalone story, but you were kind of like, okay, why was Electro raiding this power plant and everything? And so we got our answer immediately. Wolfman let us know that there was a direct link between whoever hired Electro and whoever was the one who hired the goons to take John Jameson's body. Don't know who that is yet, but there is definitely a mystery afoot. I like it. Agreed. Agreed. I like agreed, that yeah. continuity. Because like you said, I did feel like the yeah. previous issue was a one and done. Mm hmm. But, you know, and maybe it was even originally crafted that way, but maybe Wolfman was like, ooh. I like how they tied it into the suspense at the opening, too, because the goons knew they had a certain amount of time before that backup power kicked on. That kind of wove into the tale as they were mm-hmm. making their way through the mm-hmm. laboratory to get Jameson's mm-hmm. body. It was cool. Which is now currently at your house, correct? <laughs> right. Yep. Just <laughs> don't know where to put it. Oh, I'm sorry. It's in the LBC headquarters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You got so one as, room that's here, like yeah. four people to get it down these steps into the basement, man. <laughs> I'm just telling you. <laughs> it, well, five, because you got to get four people to carry it down and one person to keep Clinton from making that sprint up the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody put any special medication in his food that we gave him to, you know, give him sleepy meds. We that would have been smart. Head. That yeah, would have been, been smart. Yeah. That's the brains behind this operation. I get all the money went to get the, the but. No, I got the sleepy meds out, and I put it in the... There's something. <laughs> I can't remember what it was. We better get this podcast on. Oh, yeah. It looks like we Somebody get Jared some coffee. <laughs> well, Clinton should have the coffee. <laughs> and true. the comics. That's true. Well, I would, well, here. We'll keep him busy. Clinton, go make some coffee for Jared. He's feeling a little sleepy right now. No, no not the decaf. The regular 
and make it a double shot of espresso too. Okay, I got that happening. All right, Jason, what's your thoughts? I really enjoyed the bonding between Robbie and J. Jonah Jameson. I thought that that really kind of showed me their relationship. Professional, friendly. J. Jonah Jameson, you see in the vulnerable side of him. He's really upset. And it's Robbie that's helping him keep his head on straight. Say, okay, well, you know, you are the editor in chief of like one of the world's largest investigative journalist, you know, journalist organizations. Uh, why don't we do something about it? I just thought it was really interesting to see that dynamic play out. And I'd like to see more of that. Definitely. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a sweet, kind of nice moment with Jay Jonah. What about you, Pat? Got a high or low? Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. You know, I'm going to go with a high, and I'm going to piggyback off of what Delvin said a little bit as far as the story being woven a little bit more in this. I really like that. You're pulling things from the past into this. We get a little bit more of John Jameson, what's kind of going on with him, where he's been. What I also like is that Peter tells Harry to go, you know, kind of being captured as well, too, to go to keep Liz from freaking out. And to help keep Harry from freaking out as well, too. Because he didn't want him to, you know, maybe turn back into the the goblin again. That seemed like a legitimate concern, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. You know, that that made sense. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. I don't want to see him, like, get all weird out again. Go go all crazy with when he's just getting his hair right to look right. (laughs) (laughs) Got those cornrows looking tight. It it takes a while, you know. You got to get that cream just right, you know. Get the stocking cap wearing. Gold thing. I like the, again, the other story of MJ and Peter and what's going on with Liz as well, too. And I love what's going on with Betty and then with Liz. That really threw me. I love the shade that Mary Jane threw at Betty. I was like, hello, Mrs. Grant. Like, oh. <laughs> Married Lady Lee. <laughs> oh. <laughs> What's going on? He has a canoodling. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a little uh, ready to go down there. Yeah, there were several great dynamics played in just a few pages. Like, so there was that dynamic. There was Mary Jane showing that you know she could pull the hottest arm candy possible, like the star quarterback of yeah. the local Empire State University can just. You, get anybody you know that she wants but then there was just in sweatpants shorts or sweat shorts and a yeah and then there was that line that she she didn't say it but she thought it because the quarterback's like oh he's a zero it's like yeah he's two zeros with the one in front of it and i'm like oh oh yeah and then you find out like pat was saying like that liz set the whole thing up Mm -hmm. (laughs) But outwardly, she was like, this quarterback's more of a man than you'll ever be. <laughs> Peter! <laughs> this boy can go long. <laughs> I'll play the tight end to his. Oh, it's enough. <laughs> Timothy! Long snapper. <laughs> he can thread the needle if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Oh, good times, good times. Let's go ahead and get into uh, round two of high lows or what does. We'll start with Jared. I got a high and a low all at the same time. It's one of those weird mixtures. I read this comic in panel-to-panel view, as you can do, because I read it on Marvel Unlimited. Mm -hmm. And I read it to my son, Jay. I was like, you want me to read your Spiring Cop? Sure. 
and he was into it. So he was totally into it. And I, so that's a high that my five-year-old son was that's like cool. into it as I was reading it and got near the end. And it got to that sort of psychological cerebral thing with Jigsaw. Oh, I can't pull the trigger. I couldn't look him in the eye. And, and he looked at me. He's like, Dad, what, what's going on? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. Son. <laughs> I think Wolfman was just kind of in his feelings at this point in the book or something. But it just, it seemed like just weirdly deep and cerebral. And, and I have the maturity of a five-year-old. And my actual five-year-old was just like, why does this just fight? And I'm like, yeah, he got a little poetic there. A little claremont you hit a Claremont moment, if you will. That's because Cochran was drawn to cover. <laughs> I guess. I don't know what happened. But yeah, so I thought that was a little weird. Not necessarily bad, just a little weird. And, and it certainly came to the surface as I was reading it to my son. Well, that was going to be mine, too, actually, that you brought up. Because I just thought, yeah, that's strange. Like, Because at that one point, Spider-Man just like just lowered himself in front of the guns. Like, I don't think you had the balls to pull the trigger. If I'm Jigsaw, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Problem solved. Now, I do, okay. I do want to say this, though, to be fair. We did discover when Jigsaw was with us, I don't know, a dozen issues ago or so when when he was in that issue. We did discover that was his first appearance. So we don't really have, this is really like his second appearance. So we don't have the character like the Jigsaw today. Oh, he would have popped some rounds off, man. He Mm -hmm. ain't cowering from no Spider Man, but. You know, he's still in that flux of new character phase. So I, the defense rests, Your Honor. I like how they paced this out where, was it Spider-Man kind of stalking him? He didn't know it, or was it all in Jigsaw's head that he was kind of get freaked out in the dark and all that? I like that because I was like, well, is this really Spider-Man doing this? Or is it just him freaking himself out? And then Spider-Man finally shows up. Yeah. yeah. So I liked that, how that was kind of played out. And I thought that was kind of a little different for Spider-Man. That we haven't seen in. It's like Jared kind of said at the cover. It was almost Batman esque mm-hmm. playing on that fear. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely had a Batman vibe. Yeah. I think that he took advantage of the moment and maybe he sensed that Jigsaw was just petrified of him and didn't want any parts of it. And so rather than doing the fisticuffs things, like, I'm not going to do anything. I don't, I don't even think you want to fight here. So your call. I mean, it was definitely a ballsy call on Spidey's behalf because you're right. All it would take is one moment of courage and maybe there would have been one less Spidey. Yeah. Delvin, you got any other high-low? This goes into high as well because I know this is a part of the Spider-Man collection that I picked up in the last couple of years. And so I've done a little bit of reading of it so I can play the game of foreshadow here. There was a lot of stuff that Wolfman put in this book and it was hidden under a very ordinary villain in jigsaw and we've already discussed a decent amount of it you've got the peter mj angle you've got the harry angle with liz osborne Mm -hmm. you've got the john jameson storyline you've got once again, J. Jonah Jameson having, like, he was freaked, stressed out, didn't know what to do. And the very first person he was going to blame was Spider-Man. And once again, you've got Robbie Robertson as like, look, I know you're stressed, but I am not letting you blame him. So that's a storyline. Aunt May, like the way that Peter was talking to her in this issue made it seem like she was going to die. So that's five different storylines that have come up. Well, I'll I'll throw a sixth one in there, too, because, like, I don't know what 
the deal is with Ned Leeds, but he is not going to be too happy with Peter when he gets back. You've got that's coming up too. And then we don't know who was behind the electro thing and who didn't have John Jameson. So that's seven. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty. 22 pages. That's seven different storylines off the top of my head that I popped up. So Wolfman did an incredible job of setting up or continuing a lot of storylines. So it looks like his run of Spider-Man is is setting up to be a pretty good one. Yeah, I like that. That's that's a lot of stuff happening here, layers that I didn't even think about on some of those. So I think that's what really kept me enjoying. I, this was another where I was paging through, and I'm like, you know what, uh, maybe I'll stop here. And I'm like, no, nah, I can go, I can go, and I can continue a little bit more. And I did, and I think the pacing in it wasn't that bad. I, I think it got through it pretty good. It's one of those... 70s era fun Spidey things where you know some serious dramas coming up because Spidey always does that. But come on, he put it like he put it behind Betty Brant putting him on a midnight ferry around New York City, mm-hmm. which of course brings in the ever existing character in the Spidey universe, which is New York City itself. It was a very good job. I'm, I'm talking myself into a higher score than I thought I was going to give for this book already. You, you know, you're talking me into one, <laughs> yeah. to be honest. Yeah, yeah. You, you do make a change when you listed all that out. and like, wow, this is really some really deep undercover storytelling here. Yeah, there's some stuff coming, and he's laying it out. Jason? I'm going to give a nitpicky low, man. He's got to get a smaller spider tracer. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> how did old boy not notice that thing that was on him? Only like, weighs 4.6 pounds. <laughs> like the size of a dinner plate. He's like running around with a Frisbee-sized spider on his back, and he has no idea. Now, I, I will, I got to jump in and give some credit, though, because when he was like, I got to find Harry, I'll just follow my spider sense. I was like, that's not how the spider sense works. Yeah. And then he was like, I put a tracer on him. I was like, oh. Well played, Marvel. Okay. <laughs> See, I, I was like, "Oh, they're going to reveal he had a tracer on him." That's clever. Nah, I was like, duped. They duped me. Oh, no, <laughs> I, I was on the same track. <laughs> Look as you, at this. <laughs> I was duped. Pat always gets duped. I was yeah. duped along with Double duped. Double duped. Double duped. Yeah, smaller spider tracer, Spider Man. You got. You really got to downsize that technology. What about you, Pat? Any final uh, highs or lows? I'm going to give a high to. The artwork in this as well. It's just very, very nicely done. Page that really gets me as a panel. I love it when you get the half Spider-Man, half Peter Parker face. I like that. The drawing of the ladies in this were tantalizing. (laughs) (laughs) Once again, this is a heavy lean on Esposito. You notice it says Keith Pollard layouts. Mm -hmm. Mike Esposito finishes, which... You can see the heavy hand of Esposito in this. Yeah. Just in Jigsaw's face. And that was kind of the only complaint I had. I didn't really like the way they did Jigsaw's face, but then I had to remind myself, this is like literally his second appearance. Yeah. There's no standard at this point. You know, here we are in 2020, and now we've got like 40 years of Jigsaw continuity Mm -hmm. to piece together. (laughs) 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 Spencer. Uh, no. All right. <laughs> oh, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. We got it all out now. Yeah, I know. Good thing. All right. With that, does anybody have any additional high lows you want to get off your delta? I do. And only because I have the advantage of having the actual 
paper comic book in my hand, I got to look at the letters page. Oh, okay. And the letters page, there was a about half of the letters page was one letter, and it was written by Kurt Busick. Oh. And one of the things that Kurt Busick was kind of chiding the writers for is that he was saying that Spider-Man is the one who is the avant-garde superhero. He is the one that's setting the trends. And he was very disappointed that Mary Jane turned down the proposal from Peter Parker Mm. because he wanted Peter Parker to set the trend. And instead of always falling back on the trope of being just the single guy, he wanted him to take a extra step of responsibility and have the responsibility of being married. And that would have been a revolutionary thing at the time. So I don't know. Just every now and again, I'll get a peep at the letters page and I'll see that there's like a famous name or something. And this time, Kurt Busick, a longtime Marvel writer, was a fan at the time and had something to say. That's very cool to have that happen. And interesting on his comments about Peter and MJ. And this is a whole other podcast, but I agree with Kurt. I think Peter being married adds layers and doesn't take them away. But that's big time fan divisive topic. When I came into Spider-Man in 1994 or so, Pete was married. Mm-hmm. He was already he had been married to Mary Jane for a little bit. Yeah, Jason and I were at the wedding. And in 88, we were reading Spider-Man back then. I think it was in 88. That was a lot of Hennessy, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was used to seeing Pete being married, and I, I did not like that they retconned that. Peter Parker's always going to be burdened by responsibility, no matter what. Uh, so it doesn't matter whether he's married or single, but I don't think it particularly makes him interesting to have a different girl on his arm at all. It kind of makes more sense for someone like Peter Parker to have one person who he would love and protect. Yeah, as he's not po- James Bond. Yeah, that's not, not his thing. As opposed to having several that he might wind up putting at risk. I like married Peter Parker, and something tells me in the modern-day Spider-Man that we might be getting back to that sooner rather than later. I don't know why, just a little feeling. Hmm. Do you think that with what Wolfman is laying down, it makes sense what he did? What do you mean? Just with him starting and going down the stories that he's going to be telling and the upcoming events that will be happening that you're kind of alluding to. Mm-hmm. Do you think him having that not marry Mary Jane or at least get that involvement going ruins what's coming ahead? Oh, I got you. A little bit. Or do you uh, think it's a, you know, a uh, good way? It, it would have ruined it a little bit because right now the relationship drama, well, Pete is kind of in relationship drama with Mary Jane, but he's also in relationship drama with Betty Brant, which was one of his first loves. Mrs. Leeds. As MJ pointed out. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, I guess it it would have had a slight interference with it, but I'm pretty sure someone like Marv Wolfman could have figured it out. I mean, this dude did create the new Teen Titans, so I think he could have figured out Spidey one way or the other. Good conversation. Good deep thoughts there. Anybody else have any comments? Good, man. All right. Yep. If you drop your keys into some lava, let them go because baby, they're gone. They're gone.
deep thoughts. <laughs> hey, oh! A wise man can look at a grain of sand and see the universe. A foolish man will roll in seaweed and say, hey, look, everybody, I'm a seaweed monster. <laughs> All right, well, let's go ahead and get to some silly, spidey moments in this issue. And we will start with me. My silly Spidey, of course, you guys probably already know it. There was a lot in here to go for uh, with some of the Spider-Man sayings that he does. But I'm going to stick with my tried and true, which is coming to replace the Sweetums is Sweet Lips. <laughs> I don't even know what the order we're doing this in, but I pick Sweet Lips too. It makes oh, me laugh it? every time. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, there it is. Sweet yes. Lips. What was the other new one? For our new cop show, it was Chubbs and Sweetums, and now Pork Face. Pork Face, yep. Sweet pork Face and, and Sweet Lips. Sweetums is Pork Face. Nah, I'm with you, dude. Sweet Lips. All right. Delvin. There are a couple of funny things that J. John and Jameson said, but I'll go with Pete here. When uh, he saw Mary Jane's new uh, paramour, and it's like, yeah, she's with Brad Davis. He has used star quarterback. It's like, looks more like a Crow Magnum man to me. Isn't he the one who chews trees for breakfast? <laughs> The visual of that is just funny to me. Yeah. <laughs> Throws bombs on the field, gnaws on trees after practice. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's funny. Jason. Well, mine was pretty subtle. It wasn't anything that was actually said, but at the end of the conversation between Robbie and J. Jonah Jameson, Jameson is suddenly spurned into action and he gets up. And if you notice, Robbie's taking <laughs> out the money to pay the bill. He stuck, he stuck Robbie. He stuck oh, with the bill. Stuck Robbie with the bill. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that, that is subtle. Awesome. Settled, but oh, that's Jonah. That made me laugh. <laughs> Just Jonah. <laughs> that is nice, yeah. That's so Jonah. I can't believe nobody picked MJ for that spicy. Oh, it's up, Mrs. Lee. <laughs> well, I really discussed it. It was, it was such good shade. Like, Aaron, what you doing here? Some shade for you, some shade for you, some shade for you. Do you think out on the ocean, but I got the shade. (laughs) Do you think she came, Liz told her that Betty was going to be there? Mm. Or do you, you know, like, ooh, I've got to come just to be there. Well, Betty is the one who made the phone calls. Yeah. No, Liz made the phone calls. No, Liz. Liz called Mary Jane? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Liz called Mary Jane and said, "You better get over here. You better get over here." Yeah. And Mary Jane showed up. So that's so Liz is Liz is doing a little uh, playing a little little game on the side there. She's playing a matchmaker. A little matchmaker. Yep. She's gonna get burned. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into our ratings for this issue. Again, it's a one through five. Five is you loved it. It tickled your tummy feathers. Four, you really liked it. Three, liked it. And two, you didn't like it. And one, you hated it. It ruffled your tummy feathers. I'm going to start with me this time. And I am going to say, I'm four. I really liked it. The more and more Delvin talked about all the little subplotty things going on here really get me intrigued now. And I'm, I'm really, really anxious to read the next issue to see where things are going. Jason. Yeah, I'm with you, Pat. I was all set to give this one a three when I came into it, but Delvin talked me up to that four with his explanation of all the plot points that are going into this book. That made me like this just a little bit more. So four it is for me. Jared? I'm going to go ahead and plant my flag here on Three Island. <laughs> I know everybody's leaning towards a four. And Delvin did some good sales. Uh, and I could have seen that four, but that sort of artsy thing that he did with Jigsaw at the end just 
lost a point for me. So I'm going to plant my flag at three island. That's fair. That's fair. Delvin. <sighs> and here I was ready to open the door, get on the floor, but only three of us are walking the dinosaur. Yeah. Doesn't quite work. There's not the same ring to it. I am giving it a four. It was a good issue, and I'm actually disagreeing with Jared because I liked how Spidey took out Jigsaw in that. He could have just rearranged his face even worse than it already is, but he decided the psychological route and just said, I don't think you have it in you to do it. And he was right. He did. I liked it. Could have turned that 100-piece into 150-piece. Yep. All right. Well, that that we're going to bring us to the end of this part of the show. You got a comment or question? Send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook page. We will be right back. My name is Jesse, a Trekkie. A radiation wave hit and I got shot through a wormhole. And now I'm on some distant corner of the galaxy on a podcast, an index show about a strange science fiction series. Help me, please. Is there anybody out there who can hear me? I'm co-hosting with an insane Farscape fan. I'm doing everything I can. I'm just looking for a way home. What the Frell, a Farscape podcast. Available only on the Council of Geeks podcast network. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the second featured comic for this episode. And it is X-Men number 117. The credits for this issue are provided again by Mike's Amazing World of Comics. Publisher was Marvel. Got a cover date of January 1979. But its on sale date was October 17th of 1978. Cover price, only 35 cents. Editor was Roger Stern. The writer is Chris S. Clement. Penciler, John Byrne. Fill it. Yeah, yeah. Woo, 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 woo. (laughs) Anchor, Terry Austin. Letterer is Clem Robbins. And colorist is the Color Me Bad colorist, Glennis Ween. Clem. There's not enough guys named Clem these days. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a whole turn. Right, he, he must be a, a detective in his private life or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's Glenn Robbins, private dick. I'm a gumshoe, see? <laughs> <laughs> you can read along with us in reprints in Classic X-Men number 23. Marvel Masterworks Volume 24. Essential X-Men Volume 1. The Grandson of Origins trade paperback, or Uncanny X-Men Omnibus, number one, and also on the Marvel Unlimited app. Cover credits go to penciler Dave Cockrum, and inker is Terry Austin. All right, let's get a cover description from our top cover guy, Jared. I got you. We got a double dose of Cockrum. We're taking two Cockrums today. Oh, Gotta be professional to do that. Mm-hmm. The Marvel Comics Group banner is blue with black letters. The floating heads of Banshee, Colossus, Storm, Wolverine, Cyclops, and Nightcrawler are floating in the corner box. The X-Men logo is white with red letters, still uncanny. The main action features Dr. Mindbender from G.I. Joe. Wait, no, that's Shirtless <laughs> Professor X. He's in the grip of the giant on-fire Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man from Ghostbusters or something. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the prop is blasting a deuce in the creature's palm, though. (laughs) I can't get through my own bits. The bigger-than-corner-box floating heads of 
Cyclops, Storm, and Nightcrawler look concerned as the cover blurb reads, The Saga of Professor X, A New Beginning and the End? Question mark. Another blurb at the bottom tells us that we're going to be in, quote, a Psy War, which is usually code for a Psy Bore from me. <laughs> Chlorophyll, more like Borophyll. <laughs> right? <laughs> I have no idea what sound effects to assign to anybody, so let's just move on. I'll wait, do oh, Professor oh, wait, wait, and wait, 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 no, no, no. Fake it. You better come up with some sound effects for it. All right, fine. Uh, for this sound effect, I need to hear Pat's sound of the evil monster that's holding Professor X. Jason, you get to be Professor X blasting that deuce right in the palm of his hand. And Delvin, you got Storm, you got Nightcrawler, you got Cyclops. What might they be saying? Pat, I want to hear that monster noise right now. Solo, go. It's Quishua, it's Quishua. All right, Jason, add to that. It's Quishua, it's Quishua. Who does number two work for? (laughs) Delvin, bring it home. Oh, not in my hand. I'm I'm not psychic, so I don't know what the hell's going on. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) And there you have it. Oh, thank you for that. Squeeze the shit out of him. <laughs> Don't squeeze the Don't squeeze the Charles. Charles is really in charge, isn't he? Solar days and the nights. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that cover description out of the way. Let's get some quick cover thoughts. And we will start with Jason. I think this is an interesting cover. It's definitely a menacing looking monster. Professor X is obviously in danger. I like the floating heads of the three X-Men. It's one that makes me interested enough to pick up the book and read it. And I'll go to Pat. Why don't you give me your thoughts? I think the monster, again, like you said, is kind of interesting. What I like is that you have that cover blurb of the saga of Professor X. So I'm interested to kind of get in there and get some background going on. And as far as new beginning and the end, eh, I don't know really know what that means, but I like it as well. It's it's okay. Delvin, what's your thoughts? Eh. Got some heads, got Xavier screaming, and then, I don't know, it looks like he's fighting the blob. And of course, it's somewhat of an accurate portrayal, but I'm not particularly enamored by the cover by any means. It's a Jared? I was quite literally, if you would have passed it before double, I was going to say, eh. (laughs) (laughs) It's an eh cover. I mean, it's Cockrum, so eh, it's good, but it's just solid Cockrum. It just doesn't do anything for me. I, I don't care about the villain. Professor Xavier definitely looks like he's been hitting the gym, man. Look at how ripped he is. Oh, man, yes. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's I'm just I'm guessing like, he's skipping leg day, though. <laughs> Stop. Stop it. Stop it. I'm uh, not going to hell and laughing at that. I'm not. I'm not. I did. <laughs> I'm still laughing at it. It was my joke, too. <laughs> Oh boy! Well, he's not skipping pecs, shoulders, by the upper body. He's all on that. I, I don't know. Like I said, it's it's not bad. His Cockerman's good. It's just nothing really pulls me in. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get to some cover ratings. And I kind of have a feeling where a few people might be on this one, but let's find out anyway. For the cover ratings, we do a one through five cover rating. Is five? You loved it. It gave you a ring to swing from. Woo-hoo! Four. You really liked it. Three, liked it. Two, you didn't like it. And one, you hated it. It turned you into a baby. Let's go ahead and start with Jared and work our way around. Eh, three. Just a eh, three. Anybody else draws this besides legendary Dave Cockrum? Probably a two. 
but uh, it gets a Cochrane bump. Sometimes I bump my Cochrane, and you know what? Never mind. Let's just pass it to Doug. A bump on your Cochrane is not. Gotta get that checked out. Yeah, you gotta need some medicine. Sorry. Delvin. All men in our 40s. Um, I'm with Jared. I give it a three. It's on the eh side of three. Like it's looking at two. It's a low three. Yeah, it's a low three. It's a it's a three with a chance of twos. <laughs> but it, but musical it's, genius Joe November was here. Yeah, it's a musical genius Joe November here. We had at a two point five, maybe two point seven five. But since he's not here, it's a three. Jason. Yeah, I'm at a three minus as well. I think that. Uh, <laughs> Like you that. know, the heads of Nightcrawler, uh, Cyclops, and Storm save it for me. But it's kind of obvious to me when I look at it that I think he was a little rushed on this cover. He took a lot of shortcuts. So, three for me. I am going to agree with Jared, Delvin, and Jason on it as well. It is a three for me. Not one of the... Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Now, see, no, it's not even... It, 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 we'd have to, like, play, like, Three's Company at, like, 33 RPM. <laughs> That's the type of three it is. Wasn't thirty three RPM the normal speed? That you yeah, you have to. Yeah, you want to slow that down. Yeah, yeah you'd want to play it unless we had it on the single. If we had the single, forty five. You play yeah. thirty three. We're old. We are. We are old. Yeah. Guys. Yeah. PC kids. There's a record player. The record was a dick. <laughs> you know them as LPs today or albums. Hey, ask one of your hipster friends. They'll show you. All right, well, with the... Back then, music was music, man. <laughs> now you sound like me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Pat. Uh, That's okay. You just here. smoked a J and then press play. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's go ahead and get to a story synopsis from Jason. Cyclops, Storm, Banshee, Nightcrawler, Wolverine, Colossus. Children of the Atom, students of Charles Xavier, mutants. Feared and hated by the world they have sworn to protect, these are the strangest heroes of all. These are the X-Men. Stanley presents The Uncanny X-Men. This one was entitled Psy War, and the story picks up with the team of X-Men desperately trying to fight their way back through an Antarctic storm on a battered raft. With Aurora using all of her powers to keep the storm at bay, our merry band barely survives to be rescued by a mysterious Japanese research vessel on a clandestine mission. Meanwhile, Professor X, still believing that his beloved X-Men are dead, shares a story from his past to his alien girlfriend, Lilandra. Through this tale, we learn that while wandering through Cairo, a young Charles Xavier encountered a powerful mutant with abilities similar to his own, named Amal Farouk. While Charles had determined to use his powers for good, Farouk had put his skills to use to enslave the minds of others to his will. In a showdown in the psychic realm, Farouk and Charles engage in psionic combat. Using every ounce of his skill and power, 
Charles is eventually able to defeat Farouk. By the story's conclusion, Xavier agrees to return with Lalandra to her home world, and Jean strikes out on her own. Is this the end of Farouk? What kind of intergalactic adventure awaits the Professor and Lalandra? And it seems that Misty Knight needs a traveling companion, and I'm suddenly single. So, <laughs> hmm. <laughs> all will be revealed. Misty. All night long. All night long. Everyone you meet. Back to you, Ben. Thank you, Jason, for that synopsis. Let's go ahead and get to the bric-a-brac for this issue and find out, is it a first read or a reread? We will start with Jason. Sorry, guys. This one's a reread for me. should have saved him for last. (laughs) (laughs) Are we done? Are we just done now? (laughs) Is that what's happening here? (laughs) Oh, Delvin. Uh, First read. Jared. First read. Pat. Pat. First read. All right, well, let's go ahead and get to some highs, lows, or what does, and we will start with Delvin. Let's start with a high, because I'm not going to really have much to say after this. Did they mention the name Shadow King? They didn't. I I went back and double-checked. That is the Shadow King, but uh, they they didn't call him that in this story. To people who aren't X-Men listeners or readers, the Shadow King is a dangerous X-Men foe. Like, life-threatening, dangerous. There's Arcade, and then there's the polar opposite of Arcade, and that's where Shadow King is. So, big villain revealed in this issue. That would be my high, is that Shadow King is a dangerous foe, and it was worth the exposition that Claremont used to define him. There were, like, the story, I don't know. I don't, for some reason, like when, who was that dude? The God person who I already forgot from last issue. Oh, the, uh, uh, Petrified Man. Petrified Man, yeah. Yeah, that dude. Arak. Yeah, Key Rock, Your Honor. Arak, um, Your Honor. <laughs> just the Stone God. So, yeah, that was boring, and I didn't like it. This one, I was like, huh, I'm interested. And I don't know, maybe it's because of that young storm in it. I don't know. There's something about it. Reading it, super interested. And I know that maybe it's because I knew that that name, as soon as I saw it, like Shadow King, Big Bad. Mm, very interesting, because I didn't dawn on me at all. So Big Bad. Now yeah. that you just, you just bumped me up again, Devin. You're bumping me up. Well, that's what I'm here for. Jared. I don't know what the Farouk he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I try. I try to not laugh. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> you liked it that much? <laughs> <laughs> um, here's a high. Young Charles Xavier looks awesome in that white little suit, you know, with the yeah, short sleeves. Cool. <laughs> that's a cool design. He's rolling around like Belloc, man. He really yeah, was. He really looked was. good in that. I can't get on board with like the psychic battles and like that's why i have a hard time getting to like dr strange like, <laughs> you know phantasmic form you just, or you just can't wrap your mind around i it? just can't it's like i just don't care I'm just like it, it's it's such creative freedom that it's like the artist and the writer well for the artist it's great because you can do whatever you want but it's like the writer can just do whatever they want and just kind of make things up and it's just like okay you mean like fiction like just way out there fiction like oh i've I've got my armor on, and now I've got this armor on, and this. And it's just like, eh. but but <laughs> you're but, but you're okay with 
Stegron, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> a walking, talking dinosaur. Stegron is real. All right, he's not a fiction. In a, <laughs> he carries a pistol. Oh, We've already yeah, established yeah. that he carries a pistol. Oh, that's uh, that's what's his name? That's Sauron. Sorry, I get my. Sauron. We still need a team up for those. We two. do, we do. <laughs> but I, I will just take that meandering path to just ask a question. Did we all get the same impression that Professor X killed that dude? That he is dead. Farouk is dead. That's what he thinks. Well, but but uh, he got better. He got better. Oh, okay. He made so, his like, yeah. so Farouk is the Shadow King. Yes. Yes. Uh, okay. All right. I, uh, I still don't care. Uh, who's yeah. next? <laughs> See, I took it. I was kind of thinking he maybe had killed him. I thought he end. was dead. I was like, damn, Charles. Well, his like body is, but his oh, th- because it said at the end, like his he's trapped in this world at a slow and slow death in whatever mind mm. was going okay. on. Well, his okay. body death is instantaneous. His mind death is forever. Like, for okay. With, with that Shadow King perspective, I, I think I can lighten up a little bit of the book because I just thought this was like a one and done. And I was like, I don't. Keep in mind, you know, you're talking about, you know, they was, was harsh. This is not Cy Tetherball, Jared. This is Cy War. Cy <laughs> War. Said it on the cover. I should have paid attention. That's right. They're just not knocking the Cy Ball around, you know, <laughs> ducking it, ducking it. Cy War. Cy War. I, yeah. I should have read the cover. <laughs> <laughs> Whose turn is it? Delvin? Uh, Pat? No, Pat. Pat? Again, with this one, just like the Spider-Man one, I felt this was weaving in a few different layers here. You have the story going on with the X-Men that are coming back from the Savage Land, and now they get onto this mysterious boat that's got something special going on. So I'm kind of curious of what is happening with mm-hmm. that yeah. the, the boat that picked them up. That is interesting. Then you have the background story of Jean leaving and her kind of, I don't want to say frustrations or her just thoughts about that. Is she going to leave? What's going on? And then at the end, we see her meet up with Misty. And you get a little backstory on Misty, too. It's like, oh, where you been for a while? And, and she's been hanging out with Power Man and Iron Fist, you find out in the little editor's note there. Find out what happened to her. Because we haven't seen her since they left. Mm-hmm. Um, um, that first uh, big trip to space with the Star Jammers and all yep. that. Yeah. Yep. So I thought that was really neat to see. And then you get the story of Xavier and kind of his kind of short overview of his life, where he's been and what's being done. And I thought, I thought this was kind of cool. This little psych battle be- between no. that. No. <laughs> and you, and you get Oreo too. How he kind of stumbled across her. I still love how he says Aurora. <laughs> Ice cold milk and an Oreo cookie. Together with me in store. Well, I don't know. And I'd I mean, like to do some. Do- oh, I'm sorry. I wrote that song years ago. <laughs> I guess I will leave it at that at this point. Jason, what, you got a high, low, or what's on this? Well, you pretty much said the whole book. So, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to a podcast with Pat. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm going to agree with you, Pat. I thought normally I look at these Psy War psychic realm battles kind of similar to Jared. Like, eh, I don't know. This is gonna yeah. play out, but the way that they laid this one out was actually pretty cool. I loved how they're physically just kind of immobile, sitting there watching each other. And then it cuts each other. cuts to the psychic realm, and like Charles gets nailed on the back by that what that whip or that sword or whatever that was, and then it goes back, and you see the big welt and smoldering wreckage of his back, 
Mm-hmm. The way that the artist and the writer played that out was really cool. And then that last gasp that Charles does and just kind of obliterates Farouk's mind. And then it cuts to that scene and Farouk's body just boom on yeah. the table. That was really cool. I like that a lot. I guess I it goes back to Jared. No, me. Oh, sorry, Dylan. I don't know how this connects. Right now, you got two different stories going on. You got the X-Men Arrow Rescue. They're on their way to Japan. And you have, well, there's that. Then you have Jean Grey, who has decided to leave the mansion because she's all alone. She's off on her own. And then you have Professor X, who is apparently going to go off into space with Willandra. That's not tied together yet. And something's going to clearly tie these three stories together. And I don't know what. We've got a clue to tie two of them together. Go Misty on. is headed to Japan. And so are the X-Men. Oh, well, and yeah, Misty yeah. knows that Jean's alive because she just saw her. So oh, at yeah, least yeah. that will come together. What about, yeah. What so, about Charles? Uh, they, he may, Maybe he's going to go off in space and not know that the X-Men are all back together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's what it sounds like. Let's just say my high here is that I'm interested. Mm-hmm. Like, reading this book, knowing about the Shadow King, my eyebrow is just raised. Like, what, what does Claremont have brewing here? Because I know some of the big, high-arcing storylines, but and I think and it's going to be building towards one of those, obviously, you know, sooner, rather, or sooner or later. But I don't know in the near future what's going on in the X-Verse, and I am interested in it. And I feel like this is a good point to, a, a good starting point again. We kind of got a, the two Savage Lands were kind of a, a palate cleanser, so to say. And now we're getting into some uh, forward-going storytelling here on all these other adventures that they got happening. This is the way I'm feeling on it. I don't know if you guys are. I'm feeling positively about yeah. the X-Verse. I... Definitely like this storyline better than the last. I actually forgot the dude's name already again. The petrified, petrified man, Garak. Yeah. Petrified man, Kira. Just Garak. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, that dude. But I, I like how this storyline is going, and I'm intrigued. In my opinion, X Men is trending up. I think right now Spider Man is a little bit higher, mm-hmm. uh, but that's also because I understand. I know a little bit about what's, what's coming. Going to come. With the Spideyverse, I'm not quite sure about X-Verse yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm there with you. Jared? I will go with a high this round. I am interested in the X-Men's trip to Japan, what's going on there. And this is real nitnoid detail, but I I know more than I should from some documentary stuff I've seen about that area of the world between the tip of South America and Antarctica, and that it really is the worst weather on the planet. And mm. so I thought, well, that's well-researched and very accurate. There's a lot of ships that get lost at sea. A lot, that, that area of the world claims a lot of lives. So I was like, good research, because that's accurate. So with that weird bit, I go to Jason. I will say that I, I was interested in kind of the retelling of Professor X's origin. I thought that was interesting. And I'd kind of forgotten some of it. And it's always fun to see that scene where Aurora tries to pick his pocket. That brought a smile to my face. So I think that this was a good issue for giving some Professor X backstory. Had a pretty good psychic battle and snuck in a little, you know, little teeny tiny storm, which I thought was was awesome. So I like that a lot. 
Very good. I think I'm going to go with, I like that part with Teeny Tiny Storm played very well, where she was confident in knowing what she was doing, kind of like in the beginning of the book, too. She was confident in her powers, knew what she could do. And to find out that she was holding, you know, she was exerting everything that she could in the beginning just to keep them somewhat in a safer bubble to get through that storm that was happening around them. You know, she is definitely uh, a, a candidate for, for MVP, man. That's yeah. no doubt. I'm going to go with my high on this one is the artwork and action, kind of artworky action that's going on in the psych battle. When you see that kind of ghost form of Professor X kind of rising up, and then you see the, the form of Farouk as well, and then they get to that plane, that mind, that psych plane of world and all that i thought man that would be really cool to see like in live action i thought that would could really be really neat looking and you see them kind of don their different armor on and they go to that kind of a a really kind of that psych battle i thought that would be really cool i i tell you what i do find the most palatable version of like dr strange and stuff like that to be the animated versions like the dr strange animated movie that marvel made was actually pretty cool Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, w- I think like a really cool animated version. Yeah, yeah. This being animated would be really cool. I think that could work. Yeah, I like that. That just kind of drew me in the minute they got that battle going. I'm like, oh, it's it's kind of like, like playing a video game, and then you get you get sucked into that video game world. Of, you know, I could just see it where I, oh, it does that spinning around. What and sound does it make? <laughs> All right. Well, with those highs, lows, and what does out of the way, does anybody have any final thoughts on it? Good to go. I do want to mention a, a couple of cool things I saw in the art. Uh, one of them is content page six with Professor Xavier having his memories, a big headshot, memories flowing really that's well laid page. out. And I think one that's easy to miss because it's a small panel is on content page 15. And it's right after he defeats Farouk and he's leaving the building. And it's also Professor X's head as if he's finishing that memory and i thought mm, that was just yeah. a really it's a small panel but i was like very cleverly done and laid okay. out by burn good storytelling Definitely. that's a good point very good point all right well with that let's go ahead and find out who went the extra mile for this issue and we will start with jared all right i'm gonna pick an odd one for this issue because i think cyclops is getting my extra mile that's right. I said it. Cyclops. Hmm. He got picked up in the middle of the ocean by these Japanese sailors, right? And they're like, well, can't have any radio contact and we got to take you back to Japan. And I got to give Cyclops props because I would have been like, uh, no, we're the X-Men. We're, we're going to do what we want. <laughs> and uh, you're going to do what we tell you to do. But he held strong and took the high road. So kudos to Cyclops because I've been like, you see that Russian guy over there? <laughs> He'll bust all the shit up. Just <laughs> he turns to steel. <laughs> you know, taking the Avengers line back into the seventh. Like we have a Colossus. Yeah. So you don't get to tell me where we're gonna go, but he took the high road. So good on you, Cyclops. And with that, I'll go around the horn down to Delvin. I'll go just simple, basic with our Professor X, since he face the biggest obstacle in the book in the Shadow King, which again, that is a big bad. And for him, Shadow King to be introduced, and that was Professor X's first Psy War that he had been involved in, and he emerged very victorious and had a very good strategy in order to win. So I'll do that. Jason? I'm going to go with Storm, 
again, you know, it's her abilities to keep that POS raft <laughs> they were, that they had out there in the middle of the ocean together. You know, if not for her, the team's literally sunk. This has been a couple of times where her powers have been the difference between life and death. And so she once again gets my MVP. <laughs> you choosing her kind of goes with Jared. I think the whole team was just kind of tired out and he knew it that, you know, I, I'm okay. We'll just do what you said. And when, when we're ready to play our cards, we will. We'll yeah. They're way. talking Cyclops. Just yeah. Cyclops. Yeah, yeah. Taking up, taking five. I got you. Yeah. yeah. That's just fair point. Pat. All that they've been through, through that whole storm and, you know, storms kind of worn out too, just draining her for the two minutes that it took them to, you know, get up to the boat. But that's not mine. I'm going to go with Delvin on Professor X as well. Just him fighting that big battle, which seemed really hard for him because it's new to him. He's never been in a in a battle like that, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, so and him figuring out, you know, I'm I'm not going to win this guy going toe to toe with him. I just got to try to move my, all my energy into something else and see what that does. So I'm going with Professor X. I'm going to double back on just one more art thing I need to point out. And this time it's a Glennis Ween. When Cyclops does take the high road with the captain, you notice how she colored his eyes so he actually conveys a bit of warmth and yeah. and, and humbleness to the captain, even though his eyes are completely covered. Like the way she colored it and sculpted the red mm-hmm. inside the visor actually conveys emotion, which I was like, oh, kind of hard to do with Cyclops. Good on you, Clint. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into the ratings for this issue. And it's a one through five. Five is you loved it. It gave you a ring to swing from. Four, you really liked it. Three, liked it. And two, you didn't like it. And one, you hated it. It turned you into a baby. Well, we'll start with Pat. What's it going to be? I'm going to give it a four. There were some parts that it didn't get me, bump me to the five. But I'm definitely a strong four on this. Jason? I don't think I'm quite at a four, but I'm at a solid three. I'm at a three plus on this one. When I saw the cover, I'm like, ah, Professor X-centric story set in the psychic realm. I don't know, but it did grab me. It held my attention and I enjoyed it. So three for me. Delvin. I'm with Jason. I am on the plus side of three there. I could see giving it a four. Definitely see where Pat was coming from with that, particularly given the magnitude of what Professor X did. But we'll keep it at that plus side of three. Jared. Delvin was not able to sway me on Spider-Man, but he was on X-Men. I came into this recording ready to give it a two. Now that I know that there's more to come with Farouk and the Shadow King, yeah, I'll go three. I will go three. That's fair. That's so salty. Nah. I'm so salty. And I think think Jason and I are kind of covering that cloth, though. When you see that psychic war thing and it's all focused on Professor X, he's like, Dang. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so this I did be like homework. <laughs> I did go in with that baggage, but I did like the X-Men team stuff up front. I like how Misty's headed that way. You can see the connections coming. So, yeah. And knowing that Farouk does mean more than a one shot. Mm. Okay. Okay. I can deal. Yeah. He's definitely more than one shot. He's a, uh, he's a legit villain. Yeah. And the way that Claremont wrote, him in this and just you know xavier explaining to him yeah i've read it and seen his thoughts this guy is really <clears throat> super bad just evil in an evil evil way anybody got anything else on this issue no sir nope good to go 
All right, well, let's go ahead and move on. And so that will bring us to the end of this part of the show. You got a comment or question? Send us an email at contact at lawboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook page. We will be right back. The Justice League wouldn't help him, so Batman formed a new team. These people of power are all looking for something, be it their past, or a purpose, or simply somewhere to fit in. These are the heroes for a troubled age. They are the Outsiders. We are the Outsiders! Covering Mike W. Barr's 1983 series from the very beginning, as they face villains no other team can, like Agent Orange, the Force of July, and the Nuclear Family. <laughs> Puns. This is The Outcasters, a Batman and the Outsiders podcast. Look for us with The Huntress Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Or listen at our website, thehunterspodcast.com and follow us on Twitter at BatOutcasters. We are the Outcasters because to live outside the law, you must be honest. Welcome back from the break. Now, let's get to the feedback part of the show where we share your comments, emails, questions, likes, and shares in a segment called Crusader Comments. We are thrilled to kick off these comments with special shout outs to our Crusader Club members. These are the fine folks that have joined our crusade. They enjoy discounts from Jared's online store, theyardsaleartist.com. Early access to special long box episodes, voting to help determine show content, a quarterly newsletter, and so much more. So these are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. Angelica Wolf, Bill Beer, Blasted or Stashed, Bob Buster, Braxton Underwood, Dave Collins, but you know him as Battlewagon, Gene Hendricks, Gerald Green, Greg Van Leuven, I, the Collector, Ivor Evans, Jeremy L, Jim Jarman, Joe Thomas.5, <laughs> John Watson, John and Meg, Jose Poyo, Maxwell Traver, Miranda W, Paul Hicks, Rick from Jeff and Rick Present, Rosh Michaud, Ryan Daly, Samantha Maney, Sean Urbanski, Steve Cronin, Tim Price, come on down, Timmy, Toronto Cop, and our one-time donor, Bradford Williams. If we missed anyone on our list, we apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release, so if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But still, no worries. Just let us know that we miss you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com and we will get it straightened out. As a reminder... You can become a Crusaders Club member by heading over to patreon.com and searching for Longbox Crusade. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come check it out. Don't have any extra scratch lying around, but still want to help us out here at LBC headquarters? Please take a moment to write a review on iTunes for this podcast. Even if you just want to keep it short with just star ratings, it helps raise the profile of the show, and we will share your review on the next show. Hey, uh, looks like we got an email, gents. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out. Something Somebody came 
back from time or something to send an email. I know. Like, I, I, craziness. Like, But we're grateful for it. And uh, Jared, take it away. All right. This is from Captain Entropy. And he's commenting on Crusader Chronicles episodes 41 and 42. And the letter reads like this. A few random facts in response to your very entertaining podcast. Pat, you wrote. <laughs> According to Wikipedia, the source everyone uses, but many deny, Ross Andrew was a friend and collaborator of Mike Esposito since childhood. They even published their own comics together. When he broke up the band, at least temporarily, not sure they ever really stopped working together, and left Amazing Spider-Man, it was to be an editor and cover artist at DC, where he continued to be awesome. Because we had asked the question, you know, what happened to Ross Andrew? And mm -hmm. now we know. He goes on to say, I almost hate to tell you this because I enjoy the spontaneous mariachi music, but I'm pretty sure Esposito is an Italian name. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> we, we know <laughs> it's, it's a long standing end joke, my friend. But he said, maybe you should declare him an honorary Mexican on no authority of any kind, or maybe not. You know what? Forget I said this. <laughs> maybe we should explain the end joke, because maybe, I mean, this has been since the show basically started, right? So Yes. All, about, yeah. all based in Pat's inability to say Esposito at the beginning, <laughs> and he kept saying Espedito, and we thought that sounded like a Hispanic name. <laughs> we just ran with that ball. <laughs> <laughs> So, no, we're sorry we confused you there, Captain Entropy. Just to wrap things up, he said, The story, Veracity Unknown, is that the pretty brunette who offered Spidey a shot at the title against Leon Spinks in issue number 186 was Jeanette Kahn, publisher at DC as drawn by Marie Severin. Marie did a good job drawing people from real life and creating good likenesses. Interesting insight. There. He says, Keep up the silly but good work, gentlemen. Aim high and war eagle. Thank you, Captain Entropy. <laughs> that is exactly how it was read, by the way. There was mm -hmm. definitely no other school's mascots slogan said there. Nope. Nope. That's our story. We're sticking to it. So, yeah. And it's our show, so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just want to say thanks for taking the time to email us, Captain mm -hmm. Entropy. Yes. It's very nice of you to give us the tidbits and, and reach out. So thank you. Yep. Yes, thank awesome. you. Thank you, Captain Entropy. And we will now move on to social media likes, shares, and retweets from Crusader Chronicles episode 42, where we talked about Amazing Spidey 186 and X-Men 115. We will start with Aaron Head Moss. I have lost my identification <laughs> and my money. I've lost my wallet with Al Sedano. I gotta get it. Gotta get it. I must acquire it. <laughs> Al Sedato. Alec Edward Taylor. And Helica Fetty Wolf. Oh, no. Bill Beer. Bill Schmidt. Brian Floyd. Brian McMillan. Carly Ford. Casalette Podge JP. All right, boys, here we go. Chris at BTO and Pet Books. Let it go. Christopher Masson. Class 1000, a Marvel Superheroes Live RPG. Clint Burgess. Clinton Robinson. Coffee and Comics. Comic Reflections. Corey Tuttle. Craig Benark. Danilo DeLay. Danny Penny. No relation to Money Penny. The Dame. Deborah Smith. Derek Malcolm. Derek William Crabb. Desi LaSalle. 
Doc Strange. Eric Rivera. Fan Film Friday's podcast. Gene Hendricks. Jerry Green. Green Lantern HG. Hal Jordan. Ivan Chutley. James Charles Huntley. Jeff Boone. Jim Sasser. Musical genius, Joe Thomas. John D. Knoll. John D.'s nuts. Sorry, had to be said. Had to do it. <laughs> Joseph Hall. Kelly Sherman Brown. Ken Solo. Lance Thomas. Lori Parker. Manuel Kenyatta Mendoza. Mark Cole. Mark M. Ryan. Max Reads Comics. Mike Chamberlain. Mike Peacock. Mike Zomkowski. Neil Rauer. Omaha Bound. Ori Maja Promise. Paul Brown. Philip O. Oh. Randy Gonzalez. Rick Heineken. Ross Michaud. Ruth Sutherland. Scott Hamula. Secret Wars and Beyond Podcast. Spring Tfu. You all right? <laughs> I'll be okay. Steve Barnes. Sudhir Sid Thakur. T.C. Ilker Simsetin to Tumblu. And before I looked at, I, I saw him like one of the comments and I looked the name up. It's Turkish. It's a Turkish mm-hmm. name. We got somebody from Turkey liking our shit. I like Turkey. I like Turkey. <laughs> the hammer strikes and randomly geeky stuff. Tim Price, come on down. Tom McAuliffe. Trekker Talk. Give me a beat. <laughs> I saw you and Rick unpacking power pack. You were holding comics and I knew I would not get them back. (laughs) Yeah, you hear me, Rick. Jeff, I like your podcast. I like it so much I followed you today. (laughs) Now close your mouth because you cold busted. Word. I was gonna run up on you, pull a Rambo, <laughs> but I chill. But chill. Anyway, unpacking the power of the power pack. Don't stop. Like cornflakes without the milk. <laughs> it's like power without the pack. <laughs> Crap coat just wearing, hush puppy shoe wearing. Don't touch that coat though. <laughs> no need to go in them closets. <laughs> Van Allen Plexico Vap. Bernard Jeffries. Waffles, 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 waffles. Nobody else watches Teen Titans? William Mercado. Willie Wilson. Xavier Gray. Yasser Adam Baraka. Zachary Carter. Good luck, Pat. Zalat Zakili. Good enough for me? Yeah, absolutely. I thought I was going to get away with not having a All right, we're going to move on to some social media comments, and I'll just go on down the list and take this one from Coffee and Comics. It says, uh, I'm not a winner. I got Clinton. Story of my life. D-Ray, 1977. Story of my life. (laughs) I'll read one from Auburn Elvis. Thank Thank you very much. Who says, I believe the one on the left is when Spidey gets offered an endorsement deal by some slick New York admin, right? You are correct, sir. And with that, Auburn Elvis has left the building. Hmm. I will take one from GLHG. He says, great episode, guys, but I have one question. Does the chameleon really want to change into Jared? I mean, Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise. No, I want Jared. And like I told you, GL, uh, you underestimate the staggering drawing power of being a yard sale artist, I think. There was one time I was with Jared at at a Comic-Con, and I mean, like, 
women came to the table by the, the twos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> by the twos. It was it was mildly um, average to see. Yes. Well, I will take another one from GL, and he says, and the trophy, this time, it legitimately goes to Jared. Oh, <laughs> I, I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> For making me almost drop my phone again with, why won't the wig come off? Why won't this wig <laughs> come off? <laughs> and what's with me getting the gas face for missing a comment? The universe conspired against it. Get the gas face on it. <laughs> I still love you, GLHG. And thank you to everyone for the follows, likes, shares, and comments. We truly appreciate your friendship and your help in spreading the word about this podcast. And that's the show. Be sure to check out the website, longboxcrusaderchronicles.blogspot.com, where the posts will be made for journaling this crusade. I want to thank Jared, Jason, and Delvin for joining me this episode. But before we go, let's find out where the listeners can find us on the internet. Delvin. You can find me on Twitter at D-E-E underscore R-A-Y one nine seven seven. Jason. You can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter or at Jason Albrick on Facebook and Instagram. Jared. You can find me at Yard Sale Artist, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. Or if you go on YouTube and search Yard Sale Artist, you will find my YouTube channel where I'm talking yard sale finds and drawing pictures. You can also find me at your neighborhood church's chicken. Pat. You will find me licking Jared's fingers from that tasty chicken. (laughs) Or I'm on the Twitter at Christatos01. And if you want to interact with us via live chat and be entered in to win some free stuff on our live raffles, join us for on our next episode of Doing It Livestream over on YouTube. We do them on the second Sunday of every month, and we always start at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. You can get signed up for this by looking up Longbox Crusade on YouTube. Please subscribe to the channel and click the bell so you'll get reminder notifications for when we go live. Thank you for listening, and we hope you have enjoyed this episode of Crusader Chronicles. you got a comment or question, email us at contact.longboxcrusade.com or leave a comment on the Longbox Crusade Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter page at Longbox Crusade. Until next time, take care and please join us on the next episode as we continue on the crusade to... I've been thinking about you, baby, my one desire Gonna wrap my arms around you and hold you close to me Oh, baby, I wanna taste your lips, I wanna be a fantasy, yeah I don't know what I'd do without you, baby, I don't know where I'd be you're not just another lover, no, you're everything to me Every time I'm with you, baby, I can't believe it's true When you lay it in my arms and you do the things you do You can see it in my eyes, I can feel it in your touch You don't have to say a thing, just let me show how much I love you All over and over again.
intro music for Crusader Chronicles is provided by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9. You won't regret it. All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes. These nuts. These nuts jokes always crack me up. Classic. Classic nuts. She likes the boys in the band. She knows when they come to town. Every musician's fan after the curtain comes down. She waits at backstage doors for those who have prestige. Most of fortune and fame, a lot that's so carefree. Are we ready? Are we gonna? Are we gonna do a show? Is that gonna happen? Scripts up, pants down. Ain't got time to mess around this podcast. Podcast. This podcast. No, no, really. This time I'm going on mute. So back to start. Jared, you go on mute too. I'm muting. Jason. I'm muting. We're gonna mute on three. One, I'm two. Muted. I, we're already muted. You can just you can just you can right. unmute so we can mute on three, Jared. Does okay, I'm unmuted so we can mute on three. Does that One, mean I'm mute? No, no you, Pat. You no, don't mute. mute. You mute, and you you mute. You mute. But your finger kind of doggled by me. Does that not mean you? I'm... Not you. No. It, it had to pass you to get to Jared. Oh, not okay. you. Okay. You and you on three. One, two, three. Mute. No, no. you're not supposed to say mute. Your mic oh. is muted. <laughs> All right. I don't know if I know how. Close enough. <clears throat> I mean, you did mute. You got it. Now I'm going to mute. Do I need to mute now? No? Okay. No, you don't mute. All right. We'll get started. Let's get this candle lit. It's like Jason and the Crusaders Club. You, you, like, you're not a part of this. Oh, so, uh, so I'm always, okay, I'm yeah, always like, on. We're, yeah. we're muted, but you're not muted. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so I... I get that now. I get that. Ain't nothing gonna break our stride. Cover description. Find your center. Can hear it. The comics. Damn. That's going to now. Here we go. Let's do this. I put it on mute so you don't have to hear the eyes. It's awful considerate of me. Don't you agree, Jared? Could you come off mute and let me know? I need to hear verbal. Good job on that ice. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Thank you, Jared, for that popping and locking. It, it was Delvin. It was oh, not Jared. Jared. Well, thank you, Jared, for that comment of the popping and locking. That's cool. I'm going on mute. You know, I'm with Jared, who's with Delvin, who wants to thank you for the popping and locking, Delvin. <laughs> Got it.